You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 142 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Roto Ballers, NASCAR premium content. Get over to rotoballer.com right now. Subscribe to the NASCAR premium content. You're going to get articles by me, Garage Guy Chase, Drew Dean, rankings, all the rankings you can handle from Drew, premium rankings. You're going to get rankings from Sean Engel and value picks as well. And, of course, we've got Scott Engel, the king himself, on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio talking NASCAR. And you can hear me, Drew, and Sean uh, as guests on Scott's show on Rotoballer Radio. So it's a great time to get over to Rotoballer because Drew just bagged attorney. Literally, the man won 6000 at the Auto Club 400 on DraftKings. So... We got the goods, don't know what else to tell you, and you can use promo code GARAGE to save 10% when you subscribe. So use promo code GARAGE, you've got free money, now you can go and, and run and make that happen, and then just start bagging tourneys, and then send us your screenshots. We're, we're all about bagging tourneys, we're going to have to get a shirt made soon. Drew, how's your week been? Yo, what up, it's Drew, what's up? This, this is not Drew. Well, I mean... It's Chase and Drew on the show, so I figured I I just got to go by Drew if I'm on your show. Who, 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 who is this? Well, I mean, if when I'm not Drew, when I'm not on your show, uh, it's Rattlesnake host of Chairgate. It's Rattlesnake. <laughs> it's Rattlesnake from Chairgate. We got surprise. you. Okay. We yeah, big surprise. We we spoofed you. We, you got got. Uh, Drew is out of town on biz, so I decided that I wanted to hit up the homie. I was recently on the Chairgating podcast, had a great time on that episode, and I wanted to have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Rattlesnake, come join us for episode 142. So, man, thanks so much for, uh, for being a part of the show. Yo, happy to be here, dude. It's been, a, uh, it's been a hell of a week, hell of a week in NASCAR. and I'm sure you've seen uh, some of the things we've been doing, been keeping up with what you've been doing. NASCAR Twitter has been rocking and rolling. I know that oh, uh, yeah. you've been going hard in the paint. And, uh, <laughs> I just get a lot of hate. I just get a lot of hate. It's uh, fun though. Yeah, people just love to hate when they're not as smart as me. I think is that's what it is. It's, it's the cocky confidence. I like it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta put the snakeskin boots up their ass. You gotta. Yeah, re- Ryan Blaney's got a quote tweet me when he knows he's wrong. There you go. That's how it goes. That, that was pretty hilarious, by the way. I did see that <laughs> that thread that you had, and uh, and there's so much more we can talk about. But uh, but yeah, you guys know already now. You gotta go follow uh, follow your boy Rattlesnake. It's at Chairgating Podcast at Chairgating Pod on Twitter. At Chairgating. At Chairgating. Surprisingly, nobody had Chairgating for whatever reason. Such right? a common name. It is, man. It's one of those common names out there. It's crazy. But, but yeah, man, uh, just again, super glad to have you. We're going to be talking a little bit about the, uh, the race, the Fan Shield 500 coming up this weekend at Phoenix Raceway, no longer ISM Raceway. Crazy how, how things change. You know, I remember growing up with ISM Raceway for the whole year of 2018. It was, uh, it was beautiful times. But yeah, we're well, back. To- <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember growing up with numbers on the sides of cars. 
Yeah, right. You know, those are like on tailpipes now. They keep them very small. <laughs> there, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. And we're going to dig into all of that too, because this was a huge week for changes in NASCAR. So we'll be talking about all the new cool stuff coming up. And if you haven't had a chance to get over to YouTube and watch my uh, NASCAR DFS preview show, um, it is available now. You can go over to YouTube. You can hear about some of the drivers that are in my race preview article on Rotoballer this week. But, uh, but these changes that we're going to be talking about aren't necessarily fantasy related. So we're going to get into the sport itself. And then we're going to have a, a special garage talk. We have a really cool segment. If you can really hear it right now, there is definitely a dip in my mouth. I'm, I'm, I'm di we're dipping. We're dipping, boys. We're going to talk about some dipping. And we're going to talk about some uh, the different dips and the types of people that chew what dips. Like We, we should make a game. Maybe, maybe by the end of this show, I'll have a made up a game in my brain that we can play. I like it. All right. It's it like can definitely stereotype. I love right. It. Guess who with spittoons. All right. That's, yep. that's how we'll roll it. And then uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about a couple other topics. We'll leave that, let them be a surprise, but let's go ahead and dive into this week in NASCAR. So, so much went down. I know you were following a lot and I have to ask you right off the bat, what do you think about this one lug nut change? Is this really going to change so much of the sport uh, as far as just, you know, the, uh, the pits? Are you watching the races for the, for the pit stops? Or are you watching it for the race itself? Like, what is this going to do and why is everybody in such a huge uproar? So, I mean, I, I think, number one, if you change anything with NASCAR, people are going to be in uproar regardless of what you're changing. But – more importantly, I understand they said it's because of safety, because they're going to the 18-inch aluminum wheels, and this is just going to be safer, and they promise it won't change pit stops. They're still going to have to jump over, all that. Um, my, my concern is, you know, it does take away a little bit, I think, of the skill of what these guys do with the five. And on top of that, it's more so it's like, yeah, this change isn't a whole lot, but it's a change, and not a change anybody asks for. And that's what concerns me is that NASCAR is willing to make changes that nobody's really asking for and nobody really wanted to begin with. And I think it's just the beginning of what's going to be happening. Yeah. There's so many people that are freaking out about like, Oh, it's turning into formula one, this and that. And, and I'll say this about it. You know, it, the moment I saw the gen seven car, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering to myself, like, why is the car from Cars 3 in real life here now? Yeah, um, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it literally looks just like, uh, what, what is it, uh, Jackson Storm from Cars 3. Like, that, that Gen 7 car is basically Jackson Storm. I think it's Yeah, and he's hilarious. the villain. We, we want Lightning McQueen. We don't want Jackson Storm. Well, well, see, that, that's the thing, though, is like we had, you know, you had the, the chick, the Cruz. Cruz came through. She was, a, she was basically a Gen 7. She was like the, uh, she was the Nissan because the Nissans will be coming soon for a long time. Well, well, she was a Porsche, so. No, uh, that, 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 that's Sally. Sally's the Porsche. My kid watches oh, cars like religiously. I can't keep up with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't really mind it at all. I, I like the, uh, the futuristic appeal that it has. And a lot of people that know me, like, you know, I have a very good medium of being, a, being really heavy into like tech and shit like that. And then also being able to throw the jorts on and throw down with the boys. Um, so I have a, like a really strange like gray area with me. So I don't mind this at all and but for the pit stops itself for the one lug nut tires 
I think the main reason NASCAR is looking at this, and we had a prime example of it at Auto Club with uh, Martin Truex. Uh, he had one of his uh, pre, uh, the tire changer on his pit crew. He fucked up his hand like when he was trying to get it on, and it messed up Truex is pretty much his, his, his chances of winning that race. So he always seems to have the bad luck. But th- this is supposed to be able to kind of avoid that. And I, uh, I've got a little bit of insight from, from one of my guys uh, with Team Penske. You know, he was talking. He didn't really give a whole lot of insight on it other than they knew that this was coming. So if uh, the main thing that I look at it is, is, you know, you've got so much other stuff that you got to do with that car. And if, uh, if, if the one thing that we're going to change is just that the lug nuts are there, just make sure that the tires don't fall off. That's the only concern that I have. Yeah, if this is their one change, like the one change that I didn't ask for, sure, that's fine. I, I'm not going to care. But my concern is I don't think this is where they stop. I think this is just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, we're going to see more as the sport evolves. I mean, there was a magazine that came out um, in the early 2000s talking about what NASCAR would look like by, like, 2015. And it was basically like a bunch of four GTs with, like, hovers underneath them. And we're, we're still running these, you know, stock cars. So, you know, I think that we can speculate as much as we want. At the end of the day, we, I guess that, you know, for now, we have to trust that, you know, the sport knows what it's doing. But I think the big uproar was with a lot of the, uh, the older fans, the, the boomers, as the youngins say these days. <laughs> um, I got called a boomer. And it, I was going to say, you know, are we boomers now? I, I think we're like right there. We're like borderline boomers. Right? We're, we're, we're millenna boomers. Because like, we're like, it. right. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. Who cares? it's like whatever but um you know everyone's kind of just like we're getting away from stock car we're not getting away from if you look back we've been getting away from the original stock cars since the 90s i mean like you know it's things are changing like literally are you going to tell me that a car that is running out there on the track is the same car that you know you're not running something that has that type of uh has that type of equipment in it on the street. So we're, we're far away from stock cars at this point. They are race cars. And we got to remember that at the end of the day. So whatever changes come, just make them good, keep the sport what it is, and uh, keep the, uh, the culture the way it is. Well, you know, and I think I had a tweet earlier today. I don't know. Maybe it's stupid if somebody tells me it is. I, nobody has yet. But I was like, what about just like one race a year? It doesn't even have to be NASCAR. But at like Rockingham, right? Like a classic racetrack that everybody wants to see a race at and run legit stock cars. I mean, we got the GT500 from Shelby Ford, uh, the Camaro ZL1, uh, the Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye. Um, they're all V8s and they all have more horsepower than NASCAR. Like, why can't I don't? Is that stupid to think? No, I saw that tweet that you put out, and I actually think it's an awesome idea. I think that it would be a perfect, uh, it'd be a perfect race for Darlington. I Darlington think the, would be cool too. Yeah, some classic oval track. Yeah, you know, whatever drivers want to, you know, sign up. Kind of like the Snowball Derby, you might get a couple NASCAR drivers in there, and just do it like once a year. And I, I'm sure the manufacturers would love it because it's their legit cars that they're selling. You know, you change the tires, you got to make some modifications. I get that, but I don't know. It's, I didn't think it was a crazy idea. Nobody said anything to me about me being stupid, which usually they do on Twitter. So Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't get any of that. So I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy of an you, idea. It you might be may have, to see. You may have stay woke to everyone. Oh, shit. Did I just get woke? 
Yeah, you may you may have you may have woke a lot of people with that tweet. That's why they're just are all just in shock right now because you're like, holy shit! Like this, it's this like, should happen. It's like I was at a hospital ward and we're all in comas, and I woke up and I was like, hey, everybody, wake up! Right, you know, and we all got woke. Everyone got woke at one time, and and everything was good from there. The only thing is, is that a part of that woke needs to be that Dodge does return in NASCAR. Right, and so. see, that's that's why I included the challenger because I was like, who doesn't want to see Dodge? Right. Yeah. I, I miss it so much. And I, I have a shirt that I picked up in Daytona that is like one of like the coolest like vintage shirts I have of like all time now. Uh, it's a Dodge, like right when they first started getting into NASCAR. Um, it's just a sexy shirt. So I'm ready to see that. I don't think we're too far away from it because we got to They're, they're going to be taking new manufacturers pretty soon. So it'll be fun to see. Um, the next big change that we have, and this is my favorite nighttime road racing at daytona they're opening the road course for the bush clash so many people were pissed that it's not going to be a normal you know uh you know just a normal you know left turn race it's like i'm excited about this because anytime you get night racing i love that and the fact that you're doing it at daytona on a road course that's the next level shit how you feel about this uh this change you know i i i'm with you on daytona at night We'll have to see what the road course. I, I haven't seen it, you know, so I, I got to see how that goes. Um, I'm interested, though. I'm not, like, against it. I just want to see how it goes. Right. Well, I'll tell you this much. As somebody that has recently been to Daytona and seen the, kind of the layout, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be fun to watch because, like, where the parking was when we were there for the 500 was, like, right around where the course is at. And just some of the turns that they have in there, like, you know, they have, like, a big horseshoe. Um, it's, uh, it, it's going to be fun to see. We're going to definitely see, like, I love the Roval. I'm a big Roval fan. I was just going to say, I mean, we got the Roval and I don't hate that. So I'm not against it. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm just super excited. And I like these types of changes that they're doing to the sport. They're making it a little more exciting. They're adding something new to it. And, um, I even talked about how they, they, somebody tweeted about how they should put the underglow from Nashville on these cars yeah, for the night race. That. Yeah. It's like, that gotta, would be really cool. Yeah. We've got to bump the Tokyo drift though big time <laughs> we gotta play that song yeah yeah i don't know we, we may outro it who knows <laughs> i may i may the, the, the end of this episode may be the the intro to tokyo drift this little easter song. egg yeah it's beautiful stuff but gotta love what's happening in this sport um getting into the race this week so you are you know we we specialize more in dfs over here you know playing on DraftKings and FanDuel. i recently got into the nascar fantasy game and I know that you've been a player of it for a while. And how how is it really, like, in comparison to DFS? I'm sure you've played both. Like, for somebody that may have never, you know, may have heard of it, the, the actual fantasy game, but never played it, can, how, how different is it from playing DraftKings and FanDuel? Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Like, I, I do it with my team at Belly of Sports, and so we're always competing against each other. Uh, the point system's kind of weird, but if you know, like, NASCAR point system, then I think you'll understand it. Right. And you only get 10 uses out of each driver. So that makes it interesting. So you can't just pick Kyle Busch to win every single race throughout the season. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's something completely different because in DFS, you can play the same guys every week. It doesn't matter. So that's right. so this, this is where the strategy comes into more of the, uh, the season long type play instead yeah, of the daily fantasy. Cause if, if you're going to use Kyle Busch, you want to use him like at the tracks that you think he can definitely win at, you know, you can't just throw him out at every single race. Right, so I'm taking this is a perfect week to to play Kyle Busch at Phoenix based off his. This is the first his... time I've played him. Yeah, this this week I got him uh, winning the race. I have him 
in my lineup because you get five drivers in your lineup and then you'll get points for how they do. Then you get somebody in the garage. And as long as it's within the second um, stage, then you can pull the person from the garage and replace him with somebody in your five uh, lineup. Okay, but, so you had so it's kind of like your um like so you can take a bench player and put them in during the game. Exactly, exactly. But once stage three starts, the garage is locked. Oh wow! Okay, so stage three—that's the end. So stage one and two, you're in the clear to move that guy. Yeah, so it's a it's a good thing. Like, let's say one of your drivers get wrecked gets wrecked out, you know, within those first two stages, then you're like, okay, I got this backup. But like last week, all my drivers. We're driving in like the top 15, all, all six of them, including the garage. So I was like, shit, who, you know, should I bring him up? Um, I ended up bringing him up. Um, I think I put down Joey Logano. It actually worked out in my favor. Nice. Okay. So yeah, that's one thing that's different. And I, I'm playing in one league this year. Um, I got invited from a guy on Twitter uh, that actually he was a contest winner of ours. He won a copy of NASCAR Heat 4. And uh, he reached out to me and was asking if I wanted to play. So I started playing and I felt really bad. Cause like I missed my, I, I missed week two. I didn't get <laughs> set. So my, my usage is like definitely dropped, but I went in there last week. And one thing that I do like is the bonus picks. Yeah. So kind of like where you get into like, it's like where they've kind of integrated prop betting into the game almost. So, you know, you can, uh, you can put in who you think is going to win the poll, who wins stage one, stage two, and what manufacturer will win the race. So I've, yeah. I've hit on a couple of the manufacturers so far this season, and that just adds to your complete points total? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at the end of the race, uh, once they you know, do the inspections, uh, all the teardowns, and it's official, then your points get allocated to your total. And so like a manufacturer adds 10 points. Each of the bonus ones add 10 points. Okay, sweet. So yeah, so it's definitely something that's worth a try. I've I've tinkered with it, and I'm about to get a lot more serious with it um, going into the rest of the season because I definitely want to be a contender. I don't want to get in this league with all these guys and then me be be the guy that's writing articles over at Rotoballer and doing all this stuff on DraftKings, and then I'm like dead ass last. But that's <laughs> typically how it goes in the fantasy world. You talk about it so much that you end up overthinking yourself oh, yeah. <laughs> situations oh, yeah. big time. So it's uh, it happens in NFL and it happens here, but um we'll talk a little bit about DFS and of course if you've got some plays that you like for fantasy like we can integrate that because I mean they're going to basically work hand in hand you know it, you're wanting to make sure that whatever driver you get is going to do well and if they perform well for fantasy live they're going to perform well for DraftKings typically. So let's look at uh, the, this first guy. So I, I've got my race preview up by now. If you haven't checked it out, you can go to rotoballer.com, check it out for the Fan Shield 500. And uh, also have the video up on YouTube, uh, but you'll get two extra picks if you read the article. So be sure to check that out, and you can watch that video that's hyperlinked in that article. Um, the first guy that, we, that I've got to talk about that you you say that you think that uh, we're looking at, at Kyle Bush to take this thing. Um, Kyle had really good run times uh, at practice. I know that he had two top tens, and uh, the second practice he actually came in second. I think he had a best speed of one thirty four. So, you know, Kyle's definitely – he knows what it takes to win here at this track. The man's literally uh, placed top top 10 since 2015. So, but, you know, I think that it's a great play. He's definitely going to be in my lineups. But the guy that I think can win it all this week is going to be Kevin Harvick. Um, reason being for that, he's another guy that has just slayed 
top 10 since 2013. We have not seen him fall outside of that. And the majority of them are top fives. So he knows what it takes to run here. In practice today, uh, I think he placed one top 10 in practice one where he came in eighth and he was running at 132. And then in practice two, he dropped down to 13th places where he finished. Um, And I think he ran a total of 53 laps in that one. So the good news about this is, is we know that Kevin has a skill to race here but we may actually get to see him qualify a little bit more towards the middle of the pack, which is really going to help with place differential. Um, How are you feeling about Kevin Harvick this week? Yeah, I think Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch are two good picks. I have both them in my lineup for fantasy because it's a, it's, you know, a track that they're both really good at, but more importantly, they're racing with a smaller spoiler and with the smaller spoiler, it's going to help to have the more talented driver. Um, you know, you're picking the more talented driver because with the less downforce, their skills are really going to show. And I think Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch are two of the best drivers in NASCAR based on skill alone. So I think, you know, a combination of those two things, those two are, are really safe picks. Right. And th- this is what I'm thinking about. So it's good that you bring that up. So the, the, the spoiler change, we're going from eight inches to two and three quarters. I love it. It's the, one of the most sexiest moves you could make. And this is going to create so much more passing um, at this track because of the shorter straightaways that it has. The one thing that does excite me a little bit, though, it probably should excite me because if I'm supposed to be a real racing fan, I don't want to pray for Rex. But there's going to be a lot of passing out there, and I think that things can get dirty pretty quickly. Uh, the restarts are probably going to be insane. As you know, last season they changed the restart zone at Phoenix. So restarts have been pretty epic at some of these intermediate tracks. I know we saw at uh, Las Vegas the restarts were insane. I loved every minute of that. So I'm, I'm hoping to see some of that again this week in Phoenix. And um, they're definitely going to want to put on a show here because this is the championship race. They, they're trying to drive as much attention as they can. And we'll, we'll be back here in November. But uh, the, the spoiler change, like you said, yeah, the skilled driver is going to get it. If, is, but I think that some of these guys in the rear are going to be, uh, be all over the place and sloppy. I think we're definitely going to see a lot more action than we have in the past now with this change being implemented. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on. And then- um, Another guy, you know, not to sleep on, which I don't think anybody ever sleeps on him, but when we're talking about restarts and just pure skill, Joey Logano. Yes, so Joseph himself, um, he had a pretty pretty decent day as well. I know that he finished in, uh, in seventh place in practice too, and he was running at about 132 miles an hour. And Joey's, Joey's been one of those drivers. I mean, he's definitely uh, second best in practice times this week um, with uh, – I would say probably on average second best, maybe first with Team Penske. But I know in practice, too, Logano was uh, was the first guy from Penske to finish. He had the fastest car. And then practice one, we saw Brad Keselowski just dominate. He got the uh, top three there. But out of all the Penske guys, man, um, you know, with Logano, is definitely somebody who can get those restarts, and he's not afraid to get behind somebody and say, whoops, don't know what happened. So well, we, we, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. But, yeah, um, yeah, shout out to Joseph. Uh, hopefully he does have him a good day. <clears throat> the guy that I'm looking at, though, on Team Penske this week is a guy that is uh, – he's, he's rocking and rolling so far this season. He's leading the board right now in the points, and uh, that's Ryan Blaney. He had a, uh, a rough week at Auto Club last week, but we've seen some really good uh, – I would say it's definitely there's a new momentum 
a new wave going through him so far this season, especially with him getting a new pit crew. He's got a new crew chief. He seems to be vibing with him pretty well. And unfortunately with that tire that, uh, that, that blew up, that was about to be, you know, could have caused a really bad wreck towards the end of the race. He had to pull out of it and it, it fucked up a lot of people's day. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I still think that he has, uh, he definitely has what it takes to run well at this track and, and with the skill that he seems to have picked up coming into this season, I think we can see some good stuff because he's had two top fives here since 2018. I think back to back top threes. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on with Blaney. And, and it looks like his car is a little bit slower. So we'll get him a little more towards the back, hopefully, in qualifying. And it's going to make for some hella points coming up from the, uh, from the middle of the pack if he gets up front and leads some laps. Yeah, and one other guy, too, that I, I wanted to use for this race specifically, somebody that might get you some points. He probably won't win because he never does, but he'll probably get you some points is uh, Eric Almarola. Do tell, do tell, because he's, he's one of the guys, like, originally in the beginning of the week, I was looking at him, and I was like, okay, the value's there, you know, his salary's right where it's at, I mean, his odds are, are huge, I mean, it's not, look, shout out to the clock, so on this show, when that clock goes off, you always stop and say shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock, dude. Shout out to the clock, baby. I'm looking at uh, Eric Almarola right now, I know that his, uh, his odds to win the race is uh, plus 3,300. So it's uh, he, he's definitely down there. But if we're looking at kind of like what we have based off of practice runs today and some of the stuff that he's done, I know he's got like an average finish of like 16th place at Phoenix and um, costing 7,700 on DraftKings, 8,100 on FanDuel. He's not uh, – I, I guess you'd say he's not a bad play, but I definitely have somebody I like more at Stuart Haas underneath Kevin. But I want you to tell us why Eric is kind of a guy you're leaning on. Yeah, so in practice, didn't he finish like third? Yeah, so he did have him a a pretty pretty decent run. I think that was on uh, on practice number two. Uh, looking at it, he was in third. He had a top speed of one thirty three, and then in practice one, uh, we saw him. He was a little bit more down the to- down the line in sixteenth. So he so, kind of came back up when the more laps that he ran. Yeah, so he's a guy that I think. If he doesn't get wrecked out, he could finish in the top 10. And so if you're playing fantasy, that I don't use him much. And so, you know, when you only get 10 uses out of every driver, that's a good driver that could be consistent enough to get a top 10 that you want to throw in in the right time. And I think he's skilled enough. As long as he can keep his race clean, I think he could finish in a top 10 and get me some points. Yeah, and see, that's my big worry with him is like, you know, we, we hear a lot of people talk about him from week to week. But with Eric, it's just like you don't. He doesn't he, – he lacks something. Eric yeah. lacks something. That there's he lacks definitely, winning. He lacks yeah, yeah that, that too. I mean, he did have an, a nice little run here. Uh, he, when he went over to Stuart Haas in 2018, uh, he had three top tens. Um, actually, he had one top ten, two top fives in 2018 and 2019. And then he finished in November here running uh, – I think it was in 22nd. He started from 11th. So, you know, if – the practice is good, but just it is with his skill as a driver with somebody, I like to get somebody that I know that consistently can finish in multiple races a season up, you know, up towards the top 10. And um, there's definitely guys that you're going to have that are better at some tracks and are worse at others. But just, I, I don't know if I, if I kind of like where his headspace is at right now and like, just kind of like how he's been maneuvering through the season. He's been very quiet. Um, and typically when you don't hear much about a driver, there's really not a whole lot going on with him. 
So um, my guy, though, for Stuart Haas Racing is going to be Clint Boyer. The reason I like Clint is because we've seen nothing but uh, positive, uh, positive place differential out of him for quite a bit of years now. He typically qualifies around like the middle of the pack towards, you know, around the, the 20, 20 to 25 area. We've seen him get somewhere between 10 and 20 here and there. But with him being able to do that, the speed that he showed, I know that he had a really good run in, in the first practice today. Um, he finished up around, I want to say he got a top five, possibly a top 10, definitely a top 10. Um, but with him running the way that he's running and coming into the second practice, he fell back a little bit. But I think that that just shows that this is probably more where we're going to see him is in the middle again. And if we've got that, then I definitely want to have him in there as somebody to, uh, somebody to help kind of pu- push a little bit along, maybe around like 50, 60 points. And uh, another reason I like him too is just because of his price, seventy nine hundred um, on DraftKings and eighty four hundred on FanDuel. So him and Eric are, are in the same price range for sure. Um, I just I think that uh, that I, I kind of like the edge on Clint a little bit more than Eric, but we'll agree or disagree there. And yeah, we'll have to find out because I think I think Clint's going to finish outside the top ten and maybe even get involved in some kind of rut. It does happen to Clint quite a right. bit. And from what we're talking about, these spoilers, you may not be too far off because he does seem to get himself caught up with all these other guys. He'll just go to the back of the pack trying to yep. avoid something, and he'll get caught up in it. Yeah, so. he's always in some kind of pack racing and then gets caught up in something. And, you know, he might have a good run, but I think he's going to finish outside the top ten. I mean, Eric could as well. Uh, that's kind of a tough one because they could both be in that situation. Roles are reverse between me and you with these guys this week. So it'll be fun. Whoever, whoever wins this, we'll, we'll have to come up with some kind of bet or something. We'll let yeah, some absolutely. Whoever finishes higher, it doesn't even have to be – just whoever out of those two finishes higher, we'll have to think of something. All right, I'm down with that. We'll, we'll, we'll put this open bet on the table, but we both have to agree on it once we make it because we can't just do some – I don't know. It's like some truth and dare <laughs> shit. I, I don't. I can't be. I can't be too giving just yet because you might come up with some wild shit if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, next guy we got to talk about. This is the uh, the guy that has basically just dominated today. Everybody's been talking about Hendrick being back. Okay, they won one race. Alex Bowman won at Auto Club. Um, I, I'm not one of the people that are going to sit here and say that somebody's back just because they win one race. Now, when we see two or three races within a span of, you know, I don't know, six races or something like that, then I'll say, okay, they're back. They're running really well. <clears throat> and this is a guy that runs well consistently. Um, he, he's, he's been a little quiet this season so far, but he got a little bit of media attention now with this whole Kyle Busch truck race thing. So it's going to be Chase Elliott. He's 9,600 on DraftKings and 11,000 on FanDuel. Um, the dude just murdered souls in practice today. I don't know if you got to catch oh, yeah. what he did, but he finished second in the first practice and first in, uh, in the, I mean, uh, yeah, first in the second practice. I'm getting like a little mental dyslexia going on right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, 134 miles an hour for chase. Um, and, and I wrote about this in my article. I talked about it in my video if Chase gets the pole, I'm going to probably not want to be on him as much. But then at the same time now with the spoiler change and looking at that, I'm like, we really don't know. Like, I mean, if he can get up front and he can catch these grooves good, he may be okay. But I'm just worried about him coming in for a pick, getting towards the back, getting caught up in some bullshit. That's just kind of how it seems to happen. If he's somewhere starting around, you know, maybe between 5 and 10 or 10 and 15, 
because he's definitely not going to be outside of the top 15 um, in qualifying. No. Um, maybe, maybe if he can get a little bit outside of the top five, I'd be a little bit more pressed to want to play him. But if he does end up getting that pole, I'm probably going to be weary. If he can get two or three, then I can definitely see him getting up front leading laps, and that's what you want. So if uh, anywhere but the pole, and I'm going to play Chase, put it that way. Yeah, and in my league, we, make, we have to make all of our picks before even practice. So we just have to go all out before practice, everything. And this is actually the first race I haven't picked anybody uh, in a Chevy at all. So after practice, I was like, shit, maybe I should have put Chase in there. But he's just such a good driver that I just like to use him sparingly because I don't want to use up his 10 races right away. Right. But he's definitely a driver that I could see getting a victory here. Yeah, and I mean, he's hungry for one, man. With with Alex Bowman getting one, you know that he's you know he's supposed to be the face of Hendrick. And right, Alex is. Uh, that was the argument we were having last week. I was talking about how Alex keeps doing what he's doing, man. He's Alex is up right now. You can tell his mentality yeah. is perfect. He's he's on Twitter. He's being sarcastic as hell. I love it. Um, he's he's all over Even the place. He has no emotion after a victory. He's a robot. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely a robot. So we we had a running joke. Andrew Luck is a robot in the NFL season. Oh, yeah. So now we're going to say Alex Bowman is a robot. Yeah, he has no emotion after that victory. It it fucked me up a little bit. I would have been going insane. I'd be going apeshit. Second second win, and it's only the third week of the season. Crazy. Um, There's a good bit of other guys that we got on here, and I got some more on my race preview. Um, But I will go ahead and just name out a few uh, that that I like behind some of these big guys. And um, Denny Hamlin's obviously one of them. He didn't really have uh, a – too good of a run I would say uh in practice at this track but we all know that Denny can find a way to get where he wants to go and um Denny's also uh plus 800 to win this race so if you're putting some money on him um he's right there with Chase Elliott so they wouldn't have him that high up if if he wasn't couldn't do what he could what he does basically um eric jones is another guy that's behind there interesting enough forgot to even mention this so eric jones and kyle bush are swapping paint schemes and it's very strange yeah okay i saw that and i was very confused i don't i don't really know what's going on if they're just testing something or maybe sports clips was just like hey look we're gonna give you a little bit of extra money this week because sales have been down and, and everyone's starting to go to the costco to get their haircut now so we really need to drive some attention here so let's put our stuff on Kyle's car because he's probably going to be one of the better contenders to win this thing. And let's get sports clips in victory lane so people can come get cold towels on their face. See, I think they need to sponsor um, Ricky Stenhouse with the mullet. Yeah, that, see, that would be pretty sick. But you, I think that like we should get like a uh, – if Travis Tritt decided to come back on tour – Ricky Stenhouse should have the Travis Tritt car. We saw Sterling Marlin with the Brooks and Dunn. So we need to see Ricky Stenhouse with the Travis Tritt car. I'm down for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And That's, I would go to the show if they were touring again. I would, want the, I would want the hood to be Travis Tritt waiting for his rice in the microwave. <laughs> that would be the most electric hood of all time. Just waiting by the microwave, just sitting there. Yeah, I got a rice cooking in the microwave. We gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. That's I would buy that song. shirt. It is. It's now a, I need to listen to that song. It's a great day to be you alive. Shouldn't have, you shouldn't have started singing. <laughs> well, dude, when God it comes to music, it. I'm everywhere, man. Like, right. yeah, I, I'm gonna do that all the time. Tokyo Drift and 
Tokyo yeah. Drift and Travis Tritt, my two favorite things to listen to in the mornings. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to that? Garage Guys, Rattlesnake. <laughs> Any good playlist will have those two back to back. Yes, big facts. That's 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 key. Um, <laughs> getting back on track here. Truex, uh, I'm not so high on him this week. Um, Kurt Busch looked a little bit promising, but still a little bit weary. I'm the same with Larson. I'm not. I don't really know how I'm feeling about Ganassi. My value play, my super-duper value pick this week is obviously going to have to – well, not obviously, but it's going to be Ty Dillon. Ty yeah. Dillon, dude, how about him in practice? Um, he, when he came through, when I, when I looked at the final numbers of practice too, seeing that he got a top five running 133 miles an hour, I was like, okay, this man just pumped out 51 laps, finished top five, beat out Ricky Stenhouse, Joey Logano, William Byron, Eric Jones. Um, you had to do the kind of like eye wipe thing. And you're like, eh, 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 eh. yeah, a little, little bit, you know? So it's like, I don't know, like with Ty doing this, I, you know, we saw him win a stage at Bristol. When you get to the shorter tracks, we, we tend to see Ty get a little bit better with a uh, place differential. So I'm definitely going to be looking to, to put him in some of my lineups this week. And, the main reason that I'm doing this is just because of his price. Because if we're going to have these lineups where, like, you know, me and you were talking about putting guys like uh, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick together or Joey Logano and Kyle Busch together, if we're looking to do that kind of stuff, Ty Dillon is definitely going to be somebody that we want to put in our lineups. He's only 5500 on FanDuel, and he's 6200 on DraftKings. And if you decide that you want to get really ballsy with it and say that maybe Ty will win this race, if you put a hundred dollars down, you're going to get twenty five grand. Oh, so oh. Well, I might have to throw like ten dollars on that. Just yeah, fuck it. yeah, you got to, dude. I'm telling you, when it comes, I'm such a degenerate now with NASCAR yeah. sports betting. It's I will sit there and, and on live bets while the race is on. Dude, yeah, I don't bad. think I, I never win bets. By the way, because I do shit like that. I'm like, well, look at the odds. I gotta take it. And it's like, right. well, there's a reason that those are the odds. There's always like that one race where the random driver that everyone like forgets, like that just wins one time. It's usually like Talladega or Daytona, but who knows? Right. With all yeah. the changes, it could be something. Who big. knows, man? If we, you know, we record this episode, you upload it, and then Ty Dillon wins, <clears throat> we got to blast this little segment every oh, yeah. Dude, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go because he had a thing where he was talking about how he wished that he could stream the inside of his car to like a Twitch channel. I will go buy that man a GoPro and like server space and be like, "Congratulations, you won me this twenty five grand, and now I'm giving you a Twitch stream for your car. Don't tell NASCAR shh, and run away." Because I remember last season, people were saying that he wasn't even gonna be driving this year. Do you remember that? I do not remember that. Yeah, so they were talking about um, how they were they were pretty much RCR was going to have to pull up Tyler Reddick somehow. Um, that was obvious, but nobody thought. Well, they're going to just fucking cut Daniel Heimerich after one season, um, and so a lot of people were speculating Ty Dillon was unhappy driving. He just kind of wanted to retire and say fuck it, and they were going to somehow you know maybe put Tyler Reddick in um car or yeah yeah because they're an affiliate yeah so they were like everybody was kind of speculating like there's rcr has these three drivers that they want racing if ty dylan steps down they have that open seat of germain that's an affiliate with rcr maybe that's a possibility and so there was a lot of rumors that ty dylan wasn't even going to be driving anymore i'm going to tell you right now and this is a super hot take it's going to piss off a lot of austin dylan fans 
I, I like Austin Dillon a lot. I want to see him succeed. This Are you is going to say Ty Dillon's better than Austin Dillon? No, no, not at oh, all. Okay. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, heck no, bro. Okay, I but, was like, uh, Come on, that's a little much. Yeah, but you know, I, I definitely want to see Austin, you know, really step up to the plate, and this is going to be a perfect year for him to do that with the changes he's had at RCR. But I will say this: I think they made the right move, letting Hemrick go back to Xfinity and bringing up Reddick because Reddick was clearly the better driver there. Yeah, um, I agree on that. Yeah. But if Austin has another really b- b- bad year, like if he doesn't get a win this year or he can't, you know, consistently get up there in the top 10, I mean, he's, we, we've, he's been doing okay so far. I want to definitely see him get a win this season. Um, but if we can't see that out of him and we see Ty running really good with Jermaine and we see Reddick, you know, continuing to run better than Dylan, I w- don't think it would be too far-fetched to say that we might see Reddick move into the three and Dylan coming over to RCR to run the eight. Wait, Ty Dylan going to RCR? Yeah, basically like Ty well, taking over the eight. Austin then? He would just I guess he'd be, I guess he'd be running the Geico car. I don't know. I See, I, <laughs> I, I could possibly see the reddick going to the three because i agree i think reddick is a, is a future star for sure they want that they want that number back in victory lane consistently yeah and <clears> I, <throat> i've i've been in love with reddick since uh you know two seasons ago in xfinity does he know you're in love with him well i mean i send him love letters but he doesn't respond so i as long oh, as he shit. opens them then he knows that i'm in love with him right um, yeah <laughs> but you know he, he hasn't responded but i think it's just because he's nervous he'll come around but I do agree. I think Tyler Reddick is that good, but we're talking about RCR and family matters there for sure. They're a family company. They're a through and through a family organization and they tote that like that's their thing. So I don't know if they're going to, you know, that would be a very awkward Thanksgiving. We'll put it that way. (laughs) I don't think they would even move Austin. And I think that's unfortunate because I think that takes away the pressure that he should have in that three car because I, I'm cool. I, I was excited to see the three come back and I've been an Austin Dillon fan simply because of that three coming back. And I was just really hoping uh, Austin was going to be some young gun coming in, taking the three back to victory lane, you know, all that stuff. I I know a lot of people were pissed that the three was coming back. I think it's great. I'm happy. Yeah, it's, I say it all the time. Like this, this is, this is not Dale Earnhardt's three. This is Austin Dillon's three. This is his time, you know, and you right. gotta, it's you gotta give different. him that. You know, this isn't the 88 from Dale Jr., right? We're not watching that. We're not watching the 24 of Jeff Gordon. We understand that they, you know, made those numbers iconic, but it's a different time. It's NASCAR. We don't retire numbers. Stop being a fucking pussy. Wait, can I cuss on this show? I don't even know. 100%. Okay, stop being a fucking pussy. (laughs) Um, But I would like to see the three back in victory lane. So I think, I don't know, Austin might need some more pressure, you know, like, Maybe. He's got plenty of it, man. He's got – yeah, the, the, I don't think he has the fear. I think that it's just – I think that it, maybe it's it's a, it's a little bit of – I can't really say. Any, I don't want to, like, sit here and, like, say something I don't know, but he's he's lacking something. And that, that's all I know is, like, you know, we, we saw what he did. He won a Daytona. He's a Daytona 500 winner, which is amazing. That's epic shit right there. That's what everybody wants to do. I mean, he's already won the crown jewel. He got ahead of it early. And, you know, then we saw him win at Charlotte. We, I know that he can win at some of these tracks. I just want to see him push a little bit more because if That's not, I feel like Reddick's going to surpass him. 
And that's the thing. That's what's really confusing. If he had never, if he only won the Daytona 500, we could say it's a fluke and he's never got another win. But then he won at Charlotte and it's like, okay, he has two wins. He's proven that he can win. He has the capability. So like, where is it? Like not many people just get two wins and then never win again. You know, it's kind of like you can win. Why aren't you at least finishing in the you know top five consistently, top ten? I, I, I don't understand as well. I, I've been, I blamed it on the equipment for the past like two years. It's not the equipment. I think I think there is like RCR is definitely you know Hendrick runs better Chevys. Like RCR needs to step up their shit, but yeah, it's more than just equipment. Yeah, it's the way I look at it is is like the big change that we have this year is of course you know he's got a new crew chief. And so I think that them rekindling that relationship, this is going to be, that's why I say, I think this is going to be the best year for Austin. If he's going to make something happen that all the excuses have been exhausted. So this, this has to be it. If you look back at when Newman was running RCR and you look at their, um, I actually did this, look at their average finishes each season when Austin and Newman were running together and Austin consistently uh, had average finishes that were better than Newman. And then Newman leaves RCR and starts beating Austin. So I think that right there does show there is something to do with the equipment. But, yeah. but I, it's not – you can't just blame it on equipment. Right, 100%. So they, they, they've got to hopefully got the strings, you know, crossed the right way this season. And like I said, we, we've only seen three races. So we'll know a little bit more as we continue on. But his, his new paint scheme is very nice, I have to say He's that. He's always got cool paint schemes. That's he a, does. RCR does do well with the, with the three and the paint schemes. Now we're just confusing everyone with Truex and Austin Dillon. Maybe that was the goal the whole time. They're like, hey, everybody likes Truex. We have the same sponsor. Let's just make it identical and people will start cheering for us. I think that Truex should become the Cabela's car. Because then it'd be a true rivalry of who is the superior hunter and who can save the most money at what store when they buy their tackle bait. But yeah, is does but does Ty Dillon's does he still run Cabela's? Ty, I think no, I don't know. He runs Geico. He used to just yeah, he used to. He used to run Bass Pro and all that, but he runs just Mm -hmm. Geico now. He's got the lizard on his car. He's just trying to save everybody fifteen percent or more of their car insurance. Dude, I will say though, like. Uh, it's hard for NASCAR drivers to get sponsors and Ty Dillon somehow never does well, but he has a season long Geico sponsor. Right. I mean, that's huge. This is a publicly traded company owned by Warren Buffett. (laughs) So many other drivers would kill to get something like that. I don't understand how that works. I could see Richard like at Warren's ranch sitting there talking to him and like, listen here, buddy. I know you got that insurance company. You going to slap that, that gecko on that, on my grandson's car. Or, or I'm going to go in there and I'm going to put a bunch of stories out in the papers and we're going to dip all your stocks. So. I mean, <laughs> and maybe it's just because Ty Dillon's so cheap and Geico's like, yeah, fuck it. Maybe they're friends somehow with Richard Childress. Uh, Geico, Geico's cheap. Geico's cheap. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, trying to save 15% or more on your car insurance. You got to, man. That's good. I, I, I just be trying to get people to switch all the time now. I roll with Geico. So, congrats there. All right, enough squirreling. Let's go into the real squirrel sesh. That, that's everything that we've got for Phoenix, guys. Again, you can check out everything you need 
at rotoballer.com. Use promo code garage. You're going to get access to a lineup optimizer to give you the best chance to win in DFS. You're going to have access to our data station. You got all the tools, loop data, everything you need to see and track what's been happening throughout the years and what's happening right now currently. And then, of course, you get Drew Dean's premium rankings, Sean Ingles rankings. You're going to get news updates from Daniel Bragg. You're going to get my race preview and then value picks from Sean Ingle. So you've got all the goods at Roto Baller, promo code garage. Do it now. Um, all right, so let's go into garage talk. And we're going to go back to back with the plugs because we can't do garage talk without talking about our amazing sponsor, Drip Drop ORS. So Drip Drop ORS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. Used by top hospitals across the country, Drip Drop ORS is safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Used by athletes, firefighters, and military members, and now NASCAR fans. That's right. I'm bringing Drip Drop to NASCAR. We, we've already got all the fans out there. They're, they're pouring Drip Drop in their beer. They're dehydrating and hydrating at the same time. Drip Drop is the way to go when you're out there at these tracks you're at going to the races, you're having fun, or you're sitting on your couch uh, after a long night of drinking, you're trying to set your lineups. You need something to help hydrate you and get you back going and get you back in the game. And Drip Drop is the go-to product to do that. And I am proud to say that you can go to dripdrop.com, use promo code GarageGuys20 to save 20% off your purchase of Drip Drop RS. I personally love the lemon packets. Have you, have you got to try any Drip Drop, Rattlesnake? No, and I was going to ask, so this drips into your, like, it's like a dripper thing, and it, you put it into your be- drinks? It, it drips into your drop. So it's a packet of, of powder, and it's amazing powder that was basically made from Zeus himself, or Poseidon, because Poseidon is the god of water. Right. Um, so it was made from Poseidon himself to hydrate you in the luscious waters. And you, you rip the packet open, you pour it in about 16 ounces of water. They have really nice camelback, um, really nice camelback water. Um, I'm lost for words here. Uh, basically like a grown up bottle. Okay. So you've got your water bottle, you pour it in there and I carry that thing around with me everywhere. And, um, I'm just always dripping and dropping. I'm always, if I see people sweating, see people hung over, I'm just like drip drop Jesus. I'm just like, here, you're healed now. Here's drip drop. See, my entire life is sweating and dehydration, but I always go with Pedialyte. Are you saying I should switch? Oh, my God. Pedialyte, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, yeah you got to get Drip Drop. Yeah, no, no. We're going to okay. get you some Drip Drop. All right, promo All code right. GarageGuys20, and you guys can get the Drip Drop, too. I'm going to definitely get you some Drip for your drop, Rattlesnake. It's going to happen. Well, let's get into this garage talk. So we we had something planned, um, and we, we talked a little bit about what we would want to do for this episode and we were tweeting loosely about a week ago about how we need a good dip review. We need to talk about yeah, some nobody dips. Does it. No one does it. So I, I, I trick played everyone. I already took my dip out and so I'm about to put another one in. So I got a fresh can of grizzly. I've been dipping grizzly long cut winter green. What do you, what are you normally dipping? Okay. So normally my go-to always, and I'm not a guy that likes to change, right? If I go to Taco Bell, I'm getting the number seven with Baja Blast every single time. Oh, dude, I, me and you both. Okay. Have, you seen, have you seen my Taco Bell videos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know. So, it's like the steak, quesadilla, soft taco, no lettuce, Baja Blast. That's what I get every time. Wait, do you get a soft shell or a hard shell taco? I get soft shell. Okay, perfect. 
All dude, right, same order then. Dude, goats of Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, that's the best order. But And I, I don't change up. So when I'm dipping, I'm always going to get Copenhagen Wintergreen Long Cut. Yeah, Copenhagen guy. I, yeah. dipped some, I dipped some Copenhagen the other day. Um, for me, Copenhagen – did your like hair on your chest start growing all of a sudden? And you're like, whoa. No, no. And your voice just go a little bit lower, like an octane lower? No, I felt my dick moving into my body. Um, That's part of it, yes. It was really, it was part really of the sensation. Um, it was a little too sweet for me. Like, if I, if I dip Copenhagen, mm-hmm. what I expect is just some flavorless, bitter, burning of my lip tobacco, just some real man shit. So if I'm going to dip Copenhagen – always go for like natural or like straight Southern blend. You ever get the Southern blend? I used to dip the Southern blend every now and then. And I, and I do like the Southern blend. It's kind of got like a Virginia tobacco taste to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a really big fan of that, that uh, Copenhagen straight. So I can't do the Copenhagen wintergreen, but I'll do Cope straight. Um, and then, but for me, it's just, it's been grizzly long cut wintergreen. Now let's talk about this. There's, there's two different types of guys out there. As, actually, as we're talking, I'm gonna pack another lip. There you uh, go. Grizzly, uh, grizzly long cut wintergreen. So, so see, so you jumped on the grizzly train. I appreciate that. Well, how how for are this you liking? Episode. Right for this episode. So, how are you liking this in comparison to Copenhagen? You know, I, I gotta say, it doesn't last this long. You know, it'll sit around for a little while, and it just also depends on what you're putting in your body. So, I mean, if you're, uh, if you know, if you if you're not hydrating while you're dipping, you know, for me, that's the problem. I like to do a little drip drop while I dip, and then it just stays luxurious for hours. That's a really good idea. Also, I miss the sensation of the dick going back into my body that I get from Copenhagen. Oh, my God. That's that's not good, man. That's not good. Oh, that's <laughs> not? Oh, shit. No, it's not. It's not good because like, cause oh. I feel like it's, it's, it's like it's like eating like candy. Like, it's just too sweet. Oh, I, oh that's weird. Dude. I thought I thought your dick was always supposed to go back into your body. That's Oh shit! I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, no. this is this is oh, awkward. Man. So we we just had a re- you just had a revelation moment on the podcast. So this- not every guy likes that. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna we're gonna pray for you, man. We're gonna make sure this doesn't keep happening. I'm gonna, I'm gonna right. send you just rolls of grizzly. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you're gonna be able to just get it out there. It'll never go back inside again. You, you close the door like on it idea. for good. I don't oh. think I like that idea. That's scary. You're 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 a funny guy. You're a funny guy, rattlesnake. <laughs> it's wild shit. Um, I wanna I wanna ask you about this too. Okay, so there's a lot of dips out there that a lot of people probably have never heard of. There's one dip that is closely related to Copenhagen, and I'll dip it like if I'm in a pinch. So okay. this is it's the cheapest the cheapest dip that I've found that is actually has pretty good quality. You ever heard of Stokers? Oh yeah. So you can literally buy this shit by the bucket. Right. It comes with a can. I would like would you say I would say personally that it reminds me of Copenhagen Wintergreen a little bit. Yeah, I would say best bang of your buck 100% Stokers. Yes. So Stokers like that's when that's basically like back back when I was drinking, I used to go get like the six pack of natties and then like the bucket of Stokers. Right. And I would just and I would vomit like eight hours later because I just <laughs> swallowed so much of it. I would just take handfuls and just reenact the scene from Sandlot where they ate chaw. And I'd be like, Chaw and I'd just like stuff it in there and then I wouldn't realize that, oh, this is actually real tobacco. Nicotine poisoning is real and you could probably die. So I was when like when you were in college, did you ever like take Adderall to study and shit? Yes. Okay. So if you 
are on Adderall, you know, you, you just have to dip like 24 seven. Yeah. You um, have to have the constant, like literally, if you're not doing that, you have to have it like stream injected into your body or constantly have a jewel on deck. Right. Yeah. So soakers is really good for that. When you're just going through a shit ton of it. If you're going to burn through cans, you might as well just get a bucket. You're burning through pill bottles of Adderall. You got your bucket of stokers. That's so that's the Adderall special. So, so guys that are, that are like heavy on the Addies, definitely get your buckets of stokers. Our yeah, girls, there are girls in college that do this. and you haven't been to class all semester finals is coming up and you're like, shit, I probably should stay in college for like at least another semester. Cause it's way better than real life. Get stokers. All right, next dip that I got to bring up. Now, this is a dip I always – so at, at the gas station, you always see it like in the little cut-off cardboard box, and they're selling them for like 50 cents because no one buys them. And then you see these guys that are like coming – they're just getting out of jail, and they look really scraggly, and they'll like just, just try to steal them, and they're like, oh, you got to pay for that. And they're like, oh, damn, here's 50 cents. And that's kayak. Have you ever dipped kayak? See, I thought you were going to go with Longhorn there. Um, Longhorn can be closely related to that group. Yeah. But I, I do know a guy that is uh, – he's a – I'll say that he's a, more of an upper echelon type fella, and he, he prefers his Longhorn. Okay, see, because uh, I know you're in Louisiana, so you get the shit like half the price that I do. But right. I remember <clears throat> when I was in high school this – is, this is because I'm a boomer. Um, Longhorn was 99 cents a can and it would say on the can 99 cents. Right. And so that was a go-to for like us being broke, uh, back then. But kayak, that's what you brought up, right? Kayak. Yeah. Kayak. They had this. I don't, you were in a fraternity, right? In college. Yes. Um, I know I won't specify what fraternity because I'm about to talk about hazing, (laughs) (laughs) but did you ever have to deal with dip and hazing uh no i dealt with uh i had i actually it's a very funny story i'm I'm very comfortable talking about it i had uh i dealt with water bottle a whole case of water bottles being completely fucked up got so fucked up that i shit all over this dude's backyard and there was like toilet paper all over his yard and i had to go there the next day and clean it all up and it was terrible it was horrible I mean, that doesn't even sound like bloodship. That just sounds like you should probably go clean that up because you just shit in the guy's yard. Yeah, it was a completely different like level of just like <laughs> we we fucked up here. Like this dude was like was like handing me water bottles and I was on bows and toes, and so I never dealt with dip though. So okay, cause that's how I does this work? Kayak because of that. How does this work? How does this hazing with dip work? It would be a full bottom, full top. And then chug a gallon of milk. Oh my god! And they would buy the the kayak cans like at the beginning of the semester and wait for us to go through bloodshed. What what's up with like these dudes like trying to murder us? Like I was thinking like you know we're gonna like get like we're gonna have to like clean shit up. We're bows and toes. I'm like okay, I can handle all this shit, you know. But like it depends on the pledge trainer. You know what I mean? When I was a pledge trainer, I was actually pretty cool. I was like just be here to clean the fucking house after parties and sober drive stuff like that it all depends on your pledge trainer i think yeah it's it's the different stuff but see like i was that guy i went to a school where they were in the thick of the anti-hazing movement in 2010 and so when i was there like literally i remember um nobody would haze any of us 
And I would get so fucked up that I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, haze me, goddammit. Like, this is bullshit. I want to be fucking hazed. And, like, the guys that, that listen to this show that were in my fraternity, they know. Like, I was a fucking, they called me wild card. I was a force, like, of nature with this, this random shit that I would do. I would beg to be hazed, and then I finally did get hazed, and I felt fulfilled. I was like, okay, I've earned my right here. Right, I, that's I it. I shit yeah. in this guy's backyard, and now I belong. <laughs> that's the thing. If you don't get hazed, if you're the one kid that doesn't get it, then, like, you don't really belong. Right, exactly. So, like, the, who, I don't know how things are with them now, but the, the whole dipping with the milk, that's, that's some next-level shit, man. I'm, I'm glad it you survived. Bad. I'm glad you survived. It was bad. Survived. Yeah, so I can never do kayak, like, ever. It'll kayak honestly grape. probably make me vomit the second I put it in. Think about kayak grape. Make it, was, it was up. kayak grape. Ugh. And it was dry for like months. Yeah, because they sell you the can that's been expired for like four months. Well, <laughs> the guys would hold on to them for months. Were you ever a, a dip freezer guy? Did you ever put your dip in the freezer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll still put, like, if I get a log, I'll still put the cans in the, at least the fridge. Is that like is that like just by habit or is it just like like because you actually like it actually preserves this? I, shit? I have no idea. I think it's by habit. I think just somebody like telling me a long time ago and just doing it, and so I don't know if it actually works. But putting a cold pinch in does feel nice. It does. Yeah, that's some, it's next level stuff. Actually, the first cold pinch I had was Longhorn. It was the Longhorn guy. He would be like, "Come here." It was like it was like going into like a, a scene of like a movie where you go into like this drug dealer's house and he opens up his treasure trove of like drugs and he's like, "How much, you know, how much you want to get?" He like opened up his freezer and he's got like four rolls of Longhorn and he's like, "Here, try this." <laughs> like it was it was weird, but I feel it was, like instead uh, of a drug deal, I I see this more as a guy like coming out to you because he doesn't want to have to admit that he dips the Longhorn and he's like, "Hey, come here. I wanted to show you personally." Cause I trust you. Yeah. Uh, you're the only one I trust. I keep I a lock. Did, I, Longhorn. Uh, I put it in different cans just so people don't know, but it's Longhorn. Right. Yeah. We just, we change it out. That's a good strategy. Actually. I have to admit, so for like, it's like you ever like fall on your ass and like you're broke and you lose everything in life and you have to do Longhorn, just save all your cans of Copenhagen. Yep. Just switch it out. It's like, if you're dipping like skull, any kind of those skull fruit flavors, just, switch the can yeah so let, let's talk about skull like they're supposed to be like the, the 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 gold standard of dip like i feel like no one dips skull i know because i remember thinking that too like oh skull's top echelon like that's that we call best. dip skull literally oh really yeah like when i was growing up like we called dip skull in louisiana like when i, I started dipping when i was like 11 Right. So like, we called we called it skull, and that's what we always called it until like I got into like high school and I started dipping Red Seal, which is the driest shit known to man. Yeah, all the baseball players dipped, and I was on the team, and I was like, "Fuck it." Yeah. No, I I remember like trying skull and being excited, thinking it was like great, and I was like, "Oh, this is not that good." Skull Wildberry. That was the first dip I ever had in my life. I had um. The first dip I ever had was Grizzly Straight, and that was the uh, senior baseball players making me do it. Oh, and shit. I remember just being, like, drunk off it, like, falling down. Yeah, the nicotine's so strong. It's like putting, like, half a pack of smokes in your mouth, dude. Right. And so then I was like, all right, well, let me get a can of this Skull – I think it was Skull Apple, thinking, like, oh, I'll enjoy this more, and just being like, oh, this is, like, worse. 
Yeah, this is the terrible, terrible time right here. Uh, yeah, the, the fruit flavors that Skull did, like I, I knew a girl that dipped them. So like that was, right, that makes that, sense. that's, that's where we, we leave that at. She just, she's a wild cherry skull girl. And yeah. she was, uh, she was on uh, the F, she was an FFA and she identified trees in the forest <laughs> while she okay. did wild cherry. <laughs> what about, what about this brand? Um, Kodiak. Kodiak falls into like the same category as like Timberwolf to me. Like yeah. they're like they're like they're like somewhere between kayak and grizzly. See, I like Kodiak if you can get a fresh can, because nobody buys it, so a lot of it's dry when you get it. Yeah, but like I've I've never seen a lot of people dip that. I've seen it no, in the store, but it's because it's expensive, dude. It's not cheap, and so I got a fresh can of it once, and I was like, "Damn, this is actually really good." So I tried to do it a couple more times. Every other can was dry, and I was like, nope, I give up. So we're talking about expensive dips. You're talking about Kodiak being expensive. That brings me to, to this, this next thing that I got to talk about with, uh, with, with the dips. This is, this is going to be – I want us to, to end this out on a high note with the dips. Let's talk about the most bougie dip brand you've ever seen in your life. Does this one come to your mind? Like, just you have it. Don't, don't say it yet, but you're holding on to it. Do you know one? No, I can't even think of one. Okay, well, if, if you can't think of one, I have two for you. All right, let me hear it. Let, let All right. tell you if I've tried them. First dip brand that's just bougie as hell, way too expensive, and it was probably the nastiest shit I've ever had in my life. It's called Hawkins. I've it, heard of this. I've never tried it, though. I've heard about it. Okay, Hawkins Dip, they tried to be creative, and, they, and I remember I was in 12th grade, and they, some of the guys at school were talking about it. They're like, oh, it's the best thing ever. It's so good. And, like, these guys are, like, have to be just, like, I don't know. They're either dead or in prison now because this is – this was literally the worst dip I've ever had. You, I open up the can. I'm expecting, like, normal long cut. It's fucking cubes of fucking tobacco. Wait, so how does that work? It's like icebreaker mini cube gum, but it's tobacco, and you literally put it in your mouth, and it's, like, chunks – of like it's like chunks of like hard beef jerky like a thick slice so of beef chew? jerky it's like chew and dip put together so do you chew it or do you put it in your lip i put it in my lip and then it tasted more like chew than it did dip but it's supposed to be put in your lip but chew it this it's it's one of the most ridiculous things i've ever tried one of the most ridiculous brands I think have ever been made. And I haven't seen it on a shelf since I was in high school. So obviously they must've went out of business. I'm sure somewhere in America they have Hawkins. There's probably one, one maybe Hawkins, Indiana itself is like the one place where they chew Hawkins and then they get yeah, abducted I, by always, stranger things. <laughs> I've always, I've always heard about it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. It's, it's some weird shit. If you can ever find it, definitely uh, I wouldn't recommend buying a can, make someone else buy it and then ask them for a pinch. And then just even beat them up and steal it. If you like it, I would throw it in the trash. Okay. Yeah, I would well, say. I just want, I want to beat up the guy and steal it. But, yeah, I'll throw it in the trash after. You can do that too, man. You, you have to make okay. sure you you have nunchucks with you, though. Well, obviously, I wouldn't leave yeah. my Car- house without Carpen- nunchucks. Carpenter blue jean shorts and nunchucks and, and your shirt that you have with the eagle on it. That's yeah. how you have to go come at them. I don't think I've ever left my house without nunchucks. That would be insane. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're, th- you're thinking about these things. 
this this makes me happy, Rouse. <laughs> Self defense. The next the next brand, the most bougie brand, it never it didn't last. I knew it wouldn't last. As soon as I saw it, I was like, there's no way this is gonna last. Red Man Relief uh, yeah. a dip. Yep. And, I remember that. You know, I dipped the wintergreen for a little bit. I maybe bought like two cans in my life. It was okay. It was decent. But like you spent like almost seven dollars in two thousand and nine for a can of this shit. Yeah. And you did it all for the brand and because it probably cost them like five bucks to make the can. Yeah, because weren't the cans bigger? They weren't bigger, but they were way more detailed. So they had really good detail to them. And like, I love Redman. Like I have like, uh, I had a Redman rope hat and I cannot find it anywhere. And I'm so sad because it was like my favorite hat ever. My granddad shoot golden blend. Uh, before he passed so like you know that was the first thing I ever really did was chew and uh, so whenever I got that and I saw that you know I was like oh this reminds me of my grandpa I'm definitely gonna get a can and I was like I just wasn't impressed and so ever since that day I think that was like the last dip that I tried and so now it's just you know if, if they don't have grizzly I'll buy the Copenhagen wintergreen there you go and that's where we're at and that's where we're at on this so I appreciate that's, you I- I pretty much go Grizzly or Copenhagen as well. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that that we have a lot. We have Taco Bell orders in common and dip in common. So it's just whenever I dip the Copenhagen, I don't like my penis going in my body. That's so, weird. Yeah, I gotta I gotta be careful with that, man. You you have to you have to teach me your ways of how to handle that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, a couple more things before we go. Post Malone has uh, there's some troubling videos that have surfaced with Post. Um, people were thinking he's drinking way too much. And you said it best before we got on the show. When, when you're literally sponsored by Bud Light, what do you expect to happen? Right. That's like you have to do that. I don't understand what anybody else would expect. This man gets paid by a beer company. What do you do with beer? You drink it. So Usually I drink it, yeah. So I get this. So I will say this as somebody that, you know, I'm very open. I I quit drinking. I go to AA and shit like that. Somebody seeing it from that perspective, I'm like, okay, like I can understand, like it can be serious and it's a very tough thing to deal with for some people. For me, I'm, I try to keep it a little more lighthearted with my story and the way I do things, you know, cause like we all fuck up, make mistakes when we get drunk, things happen. Some of us just can handle our alcohol way better than others. And I unfortunately am not one of those people. (laughs) Um, and, so it is what it is, but yeah, it's looking pretty bad. And unless he just is doing all this shit as a part of his show, there's videos all around line. You can watch like TikToks and shit of him, like falling out on the ground while he's in concert. People are spending good money to go see this man play and he can't even stand up. Um, so it's pretty rough. So I hope that he can get some help if he needs it. And the other thing too, is like, what would a sober post Malone look like? Khakis tucked in polo and his verbiage his cadence would change completely um and then he would be sponsored by perrier or evian water i'm thinking of duels oh dude that's perfect that's even better you're 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 over here playing chess while i'm playing checkers it'll sound a lot more like little dicky okay so i gotta note this that's in another universe somewhere that's happening right now Okay. I like Little Dicky. I'd be cool with that. Little Dicky, uh, when he really saved that money, every everything was was over. I listened to that that song on repeat for like ever. 
He's got that new show coming out on FX. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. I have to see yeah. it. All right, so we'll keep that on for a garage flick. We may have to come back on in a couple of weeks and talk about that one. Um, and then lastly, before we go, coronavirus is spreading all around America. Stay safe. There is one hero amongst us that is staying safe out in front of Costco. And that's none other than Mr. O.J. Simpson. This man puts a tweet out today uh, or on, on, on Friday basically showing off saying, like, coronavirus, are you worried? And he's wearing, like, a flu mask. He's got a bunch of Charmin toilet tissue, bottles of water, and paper towels. Don't really know how those products cure the coronavirus, but, um, but he definitely forgot his gloves at home. Yeah, I mean, I think I, if anybody's going to handle the coronavirus, I have full faith that OJ will choke out the coronavirus for sure. Right, exactly. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, right now we've got, we've got Vice President Mike Pence and all he said that he's doing is just praying about it. So I would probably rather some action be taken. I mean, praying's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good to pray. But, but I don't know if that's going to kill the virus right away. So a man that literally has been known for killing things would probably be the way to go. So Trump might want to consider bringing OJ in to consult with how to murder this virus. Uh, so just some thoughts that I had there. I think, I think, if we're going to talk about murdering the virus, we got to call Wesley Snipes out. Okay. So Wesley Snipes from Blade. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. What other, I mean. Pfft. It would have to be no that character. You wouldn't want like the Wesley Snipes from like Demolition Man. Because no. he, yeah, he would, he would forget that the virus even existed. Didn't he have like a, a fucking mohawk in that? He did. It was a very cool character, but he was just, it was like if Antonio Brown was in the future. That, right. that was him. And no, I want trench coat wearing, <clears throat> black sunglasses, uh, katana sword, that Wesley Snipes. Okay, I, I'll fuck with that. I'm here for that. That and then we'll have like uh, Samuel L. from Pulp Fiction together as one. Why has that not been a movie? Oh, dude, it should be. We should make it. It's kind of like the It's Always Sunny did uh, Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah, and we'll just be, who are you going to be? Which character? Um, I'm probably just going to direct it. You should probably no, just write no, the we, script. We have to go full blackface. So. I don't, we can't, you can't do that. Not in 2020. Well, it's Mac a, did it. Mag did it. He did. Mag, Mag did this thing and, and he did it and he caught a lot of flack because they were like, Hey, you can't do that, man. I'm too old for this shit. I love it though. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> we'll definitely get somebody like if I could, if I could have anybody to do it though, I would say OJ would need to be uh, Wesley Snipes' character. I would love to see that. And then maybe we could have uh, someone like uh, Eddie Murphy play uh, the role of uh, Samuel L. in Pulp Fiction. That's actually – that sounds amazing. Yeah, that, that's the movie that needs to happen. Or better yet, if you want to get real deep with it, just copy Bad Boys and put Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in it and let them be those characters. Martin would make a great blade. But like, but a serious one because, because they're going to have to go find Elon Musk because he's not worried about this virus. And then they're going to have to like, cause maybe he's the one that brought it here from his spaceships that take him to his house on the moon. So they would have to like defeat him in some way. And oh, Elon and Musk. And there's vampires on the moon cause there's no sun. So they stay on the dark side. Right. And, and so Elon Musk would be played by Steve Carell. And, um, and then when they got there, they would realize that 
that this is how the coronavirus all actually started and then we would kill it. So in turn, the movie that we made would end the coronavirus. So I'm pretty sure that we just cured the coronavirus. See, and one more thing, instead of Samuel Jackson, you mentioned Eddie Murphy, but Charlie Murphy as Samuel Jackson. Yeah. I don't know if that would work because he's dead. Oh shit. Is he dead? RIP Charlie Murphy. We love you. Damn. I didn't even know he was dead. All right, you gotta pour some out for him now. All right. Well. All right. Just okay. Well, next well, beer. Rat, rat, rattlesnakes pouring some out. It's it's been a hell of a show, dude. Thank you so much for being on. Where can all of our listeners follow you? So you can follow me at Chairgating on Instagram and Twitter. I'm more active on Twitter. I post some shit on Instagram. Definitely more active on Twitter, as Ryan Blaney knows apparently. <laughs> and listen to my podcast, Chairgating. It's a NASCAR podcast, and I just ramble about nothing. And that's over at bellyofsports.com. Fun stuff. All right. So you heard it there first. You know where to follow us at GGFS Podcast. Follow me at Garage Guy Chase, and you can follow Drew. He's on his business trip. Wish him well as he's out there conquering the universe. You can follow him at Drew Dean. Uh, that's been it for us, guys. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week for episode 143 or at the end of the weekend actually so get ready 143 coming soon sports party repeat I am.